0: The following sermon is by Dan Thomas, pastor and teacher at Community Church in Edwardsburg, Michigan. If you've never visited us at Community Church, we invite you to join us at 28647-US12-WEST in Edwardsburg. And now, here is Pastor Dan Thomas. Father, I'm, I'm staying over here thinking I'd like to do a good job of Lifting you up as the everlasting father of presenting what that means and then we're singing We sing about how we're healed by your stripes how you came down uh, Into human form and paid the price for our sin we sing about your resurrection power and Lord I'm just I'm just overwhelmed again with the fact that to describe your greatness and your goodness is beyond my ability i do ask lord that you give us a peek at that that you'd help us uh you know as we look at your word as we see our father um may we uh may we walk away knowing you better lord would you draw us into that and would you teach us about yourself today i pray amen. amen you may be seated couple weeks back uh we started looking into the names of god And we looked at this idea right here that those who know his name trust his heart. And I really have a burden uh, to help us uh, know the name better, meaning not just obviously memorize what his name is, but to learn, uh, you know, who this God is a little bit about what his different names mean in our life. Now that comes from this verse in the Psalms, those who know your name put their trust in you. And as we grow in trusting God, we're going to glorify Him more than ever. As we grow to trust Him, we're going to obey Him. So this idea of being able to trust Him is so crucial. Therefore, really knowing this God that we're talking about, knowing His name, knowing who He is, therefore we can trust Him. All right? So we dove into, and we talked about the wonderful counselor a couple weeks ago. The one who guides us into the paths of God in ways beyond our comprehension. Wonderful beyond our comprehension counselor. He's going to guide us in the paths of God. Then last week, we talked a little about the, the mighty God, our almighty hero or champion. If you look at that word and what that means, uh, we kind of di- dove into that a little bit. Now this week, uh, let's go back to our text that we've been looking at. And last week, we looked at a lot of the surrounding verses. This week, we will just kind to of branch off from this a little bit. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, those two we've hit, Everlasting Father is today's. Prince of Peace uh, we'll begin to look at next week. And of the increase and of his government and of the peace there will be no end on that throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time and forevermore. So we will be digging into this idea today again of seeing Jesus as the everlasting father. Now to start with, um, I wanted to just explain a little bit here for a second. This passage is clearly about Jesus, okay? Unto us a child is unto us a son is given, right? Why I keep doing that, I don't know. Uh, But that's the idea. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And we know that and it begins and it describes Him, Jesus is the wonderful counselor, Him as the mighty God, Him uh, also as the everlasting Father. And I wanted to mention that because there is a little confusion that could come there. You say, okay, so Uh, Are we then saying that Jesus and the Father are the same in that way? And I want to make sure that this phrase here, talking about Him being the everlasting Father, is talking about His rule that will be everlasting and the type of paternal rule that that will be. He is going to be Father-like. He is going to be like the perfect Father in our life. And that is what we're going to look at. He is not, if you will, and we've looked at this with the Trinity before. I think Chris Graham might have used this when he was teaching this summer on the Holy Spirit. But uh, to give us some idea and to help us understand a little bit of the idea that we have one God in three persons, this kind of describes it a little bit. God the Father is not the same as the Son. God the Son is not the same as the Holy Spirit. They are not the same. However, each one is God. Now, you say, I still don't completely understand it. Neither do I. (laughs) <laughs> I understand it's a little bit beyond our comprehension that the whole idea of the Trinity the concept of the Trinity It is something that is very clear in scripture and we remember them that this phrase here everlasting father as we see it in Isaiah uh, Is specifically talking about Jesus and we're going to dive into that and dig into that a little bit So it is not talking about the eternal nature of God but it is talking about him as our never-ending father. 700 years before Jesus was born, Isaiah knew and prophesied that he would be our forever father. He would be our perfect parent, that his rule, his eternal rule, would be a, uh, that of a loving parent, the way that he would rule. So he is then our forever father. Now, we're going to dive into a passage in Psalms in a few minutes, and we're going to look at a couple other verses that talk about the father. But I want, to, um, I want to set this up just a little bit so you understand a little bit where I'm coming from. Because when you begin to talk about God as a perfect father, one of the other ideas that has to come out is there is no such thing on this earth as a perfect father. In other words, every one of us has a father that was imperfect. We may have had a wonderful father, Uh, we may not have, but either way, we've had an imperfect father. And every one of us who has been called father is imperfect. And I I wanted to explore that idea for for just a couple of of seconds here uh, as as we think about this, because my goal in doing this is not in any... Okay, let, let me back up for a second. I want us to remember how important that role of father is. And as it is examined today, we see all the problems that come from less-than-perfect fathers, okay? Uh, Sigmund Freud, this may be the only time I ever quote old Siggy uh, in church, but Sigmund Freud said this. He said, nothing is more common among young people who lose their faith in God than that they first lose their respect for their fathers, okay? Okay. And uh, I don't know if you've heard, you know, different things like this, but they say that talking about a father's influence, they say that in a home where the children come to know Christ first, somewhere around 5% of the families follow. In the home where the mothers come to know Christ first, somewhere around 17% of the families follow. But in the home where the fathers come to know Christ first, somewhere around 93% of the homes follow. Now, I don't know exactly who does all those studies. And uh, my point, though, is that, is that there is incredible influence here in, in, of the father in shepherding people towards God. And not only that, there are incredible cases of father wounds, Okay, I just got uh, got up my little computer and I googled books about father wounds. Over 50 of them. Probably about 35 of those were written from a Christian perspective. There's a book called When Father's a Bad Word. There's a book called The Father Effect. Overcoming Father Wounds. Helping the father. Healing the father wound. Father therapy. The sons of the father. Get at the sins of. The father. Okay. Uh, father fracture, my distant father, no more dad issues, making peace with the father. You know, there's all these uh, different ideas because this is a real issue. Now, before we dive into that, then, I want to make sure you understand my goal today is to lift up and exalt the perfect father and to shepherd you towards him. This is not a let's scold the fathers that we have or let's get mad at the ones that messed us up. I listened to an interview this week with a guy by the name of Jimmy Johnson. I don't know if anybody, knows. Robert knows who Jimmy Johnson is because he's a Cowboy fan. Uh, he's one of the uh, broadcasters on the NFL shows now. Uh, he was a national championship coach at Miami and then a Super Bowl champion coach at, at Cowboys. And apparently he has a book out. So as I was listening to some different sports talk shows this week, a couple of them different had Jimmy Johnson on there. And they were interviewing him, uh, writing about his book. And he was talking about how in order to have success, he had to put in... Uh, you know 80 to 100 hours a week to make these you know to be the national champion or to be the Super Bowl champion and he said it's like that in any area of life this is what he said he said you're going to have to really uh, do all this and then the interviewer I think was Dan Patrick said well I I noticed you had some chapters in there about your son becoming an alcoholic he said do you at all hold yourself responsible for you know that you were at work all the time and you were not there for him and Jimmy Johnson not Always a huge Jimmy Johnson fan, and you might find it strange that I liked his answer, but he said no. And I said, well, wait a minute, buddy, maybe I ought to take some of the blame. And maybe he should have taken some of it, but he said, at this point in my life, all I can do and focus on is is the dad that I could be now, okay? And I thought, smart move. Because for me to point out the father wounds that maybe were inflicted upon you doesn't really help you unless I shepherd you towards forgiveness. Okay. Uh, For me to point out uh, fathering uh, mistakes that you have made or that you're making now doesn't really help you uh, unless I can say, hey, let's learn from it and move forward and go from this forward, what we can do. So, my purpose in all this is not to shame anybody for being uh, uh, not the greatest father in the world, or my purpose is also not to point out, oh man, you have some scars from this in the the past. Those things are real, but my purpose more than anything is to shepherd us towards this one who has come to meet our needs and be our everlasting father. That's what we're trying to do here today, okay? And I want to make sure I point that out because especially these first three ideas that we're going to talk about, I looked up some of the things, okay, the, the Bible tells fathers that they are not to exasperate their children okay when it's giving commands husbands love wives submit uh, children obey fathers do not exasperate your children okay I looked up the top ways that kids say they are exasperated by their fathers. So I'm going to look for a little bit at fatherly mistakes so we can see how Jesus doesn't do that, okay? But I didn't want you to feel like, well, pastor just wanted to yell at us today about being lousy fathers. Please understand what I said from the beginning. None of us are perfect. Best thing we can do, about fathers in the past is learn to forgive. The best things we can do about our mistakes in the past is put them behind us and be kind of like Jimmy Johnson and say, all I can do is be the father that I am now moving forward uh, with forgiveness. Okay, so what we're going to do, like I said, is look at some of the things, first of all, that a good father is not. These are the things that people say exasperate their children. Okay, the first thing about the father is he is never Never satisfied. Number one thing people said exasperates them and their parents is that they can never make them happy. Okay, I you know I've always felt like I was a failure. I could never satisfy them. Some of you, can anybody relate? Nobody can you relate a little bit? I can. I want to hear a very sad story. When I was a kid, my dad said that the only way I'd ever get any money for my report card was with a, it was if I got straight A's. I mean other kids, they were getting two dollars for an A and a dollar for a B. But no, I had to get straight A's, and then I was going to get $5. Here's the problem. I could work pretty hard, and I did get straight A's, except for one subject. This will shock you, but penmanship. Um <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, uh, there was absolutely no way and every time David looked at us say you can do better and I said dad I can't <laughs> come on you've seen me I can't do it uh, like that now that's a goofy illustration but many people do struggle with that whole idea of I can never do what is right well I want you to think for a minute I want you to look uh, at a verse that talks a little bit about how God sees us Zephaniah 317 says the Lord your God is in your midst the mighty one who will save he will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you by his love. He will exalt over you with loud singing. Okay? Now, I want you to grab onto that for a second here. My God, my God rejoices over me. He exalts over me with loud singing. My uh, grandson, uh, four-year-old grandson's name is Hosea. When he was a little baby, there was a song out. Uh, I'll try to do my best here. Havana, Havana, Havana. Havana, Havana, that's the only words I know that song. Uh, But uh, I I can remember sitting there holding baby Hosea and making my own version, which instead of Havana, Havana, of course, was Hosea, Hosea. Uh, And I sang that, marched around the house until I drove everybody crazy, singing over him. But you get that idea? Like a parent or like a grandparent sings over that child, And my other grandson's name is Easton. We did that with bingo, which was kind of hard because bingo has five letters, Easton has six. So we had to go E-A-S-T-O-N, E-A-S-T-O-N. But again, I'm marching around the house singing over them. So when I read this verse, I thought, that's awesome. I remember that. I remember holding, you know, the Bible gives a, another place in Psalms where it talks about the idea that God watches us as we sleep. And I thought how amazing that is. You know, you think about that parent standing over the child sleeping, maybe thinking, finally, they're quiet, but, uh, but you know, looking and saying, boy, I, you know, how much love there is just to watch them sleep like that, and our God does that. So if we have, are used to a parent, and if we have been hurt by a parent, or if we have been the parent that has never satisfied I want you to remember that God is never, never satisfied. Then he sings over us. Isn't that good? You want to go home? No, not yet. Uh, let's do a couple more. Uh, another, another thing that he never does is he never disciplines in anger. The scripture says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verse number 5 And have you forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons? Okay, you're his child. My son, do not regard lightly the discipline of the Lord, nor be weary when reproved by him for the lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastises every son whom he receives okay god never disciplines out of anger god disciplines because he loves and he wants to bring us back and right isn't that great um when um, i was a teacher i had a bright idea one year and uh, if you're involved in a school school of any kind you probably don't want to do this but I thought for a little competition, we'd have the kids do teacher impressions. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and uh, my son was a senior that year. So they quickly, uh, all the kids, oh, you got to do your dad. And uh, sure enough, uh, Travis did his impression of me. And I managed to pl- pl- plaster a smile on my face while the whole school was laughing. Uh, well, One of the things that he did, I always remember, is right in the middle of teaching, he, he got angry. Okay, I mean, <laughs> like, and of course, the place went, whoa, the place went up for grabs, yell laughing. laughing. I got it, I got it, I got it. <laughs> uh, the place went, thank you, thank you, though. No. But the place went up for grabs laughing. But, you know, but I thought to myself, okay, this is how my son sees that I can Have these outbursts of anger like that. And, you know, I've said before, we worked very hard when the kids were little to make sure that they were never disciplined in anger. However, and I think I actually, pat myself on the back, I think we did pretty well with that. However, when they were teenagers, I didn't always do so well. Sometimes I (laughs) some of you are like, well, we understand that. Uh, But but at the same time, you know, there are places where, you know, uh, an earthly father is going to lose control. He's going to get angry. We have a heavenly father who never... Never disciplines in anger. He's never, never satisfied. He never disciplines in anger. And he's never, never not there. Okay? What does the scripture say? Oh, oh, um, let me show you the next first verse here. Keep your life free from the love of money and be content with what you have, for he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Let me go back to this one for a second in Jeremiah. You may have heard this verse before. Call unto me, and I will answer you. If you think about that for a second, I want you to think about your phone, okay? It just rang, and you look down, and it says a number that you don't recognize. Do you answer it? Probably not very often. Scam likely? Yeah, I like those. No, uh, you know, we're we're not going to pick that up. Some other people (laughs) knew uh, that, that, you know, but I have a little list of five names that are my favorites, okay? Top of the list is Francis, and then there's Travis and his wife Hannah, and there, there's Jeanette and her husband Drew, and those five are on there. When the phone rings with those names, I answer. Or I make a, a beeline to call them back as soon as I can afterwards. Those are my favorite people. I just want you to think about that for a second. Call on to me, and I will answer you. I want you just to kind of see that this is a God who, when you call on him, he answers. Okay, he doesn't. What, would that be ghosting? Never mind. I'm going to show my ignorance. I don't know what that means, but he doesn't do that. Uh, he is there. Uh, sometimes fathers are absent physically. Sometimes they're absent simply emotionally, and uh, sometimes they'll say, well, hey, uh, at least I provide for my family, and that's great, but and I did a little study. Uh, skunk fathers provide for their family, too, <laughs> so so don't get uh, too uh, impressed with yourself if that is all you do uh, a g- good father a perfect father is going to be there okay now those are some things that we would say are characteristics sometimes we see in earthly fathers and the list could go on of things that they are not but our God is perfect in that way and again I hope you won't take it as well that was to, to tell us what we're doing wrong it was much more to say God is there to meet our needs Okay God is there to be our everlasting father. Psalm 103 the whole psalm has has a lot of things about our heavenly father but I want to point out a few things from that too in verse numbers uh, 11 and 12 he does not deal with us according to our sins. Now the Bible never says that God overlooks sin. God does not do that. But he does not deal with us according to our sin. You see our sin was paid for by Jesus Christ. He doesn't repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is the steadfast love towards those who fear him. Now, how about these sins? As far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. We sometimes use the phrase, I know God has forgiven me, but I have a hard time forgiving myself. A better, that, that is, there's a truth to that, but maybe a better way to say that is, I know God has forgiven me, but I have a hard time really believing it. Um, If I never hear this phrase again, I'll be happy. These six words, I'm not sure God wants me. I've heard that. I'm so bad. I'm so messed up. I'm so horrible. I'm not sure God wants me. And I'm, I'm hearing that from people who uh, name the name of Christ, who say they've trusted Christ for forgiveness of sin, but that old sin still haunts them. They have a hard time believing that the blood of Jesus Christ paid for that sin completely. They don't answer it anymore. He will not deal with you according to your sins. Jesus has been dealt with for your sin, okay? You will not be and as far as the east is from the west, you remember that, don't you? You can only go north so far and you start going south. You can only go south so far and you start going north. But you can go east or west forever. And as far as they are from each other, that's what he says about our sins in us. He says they're behind our back. And that spot, you can't see no matter what. He says he's cast them into the depths of the ocean. In that place, the darkness is amazing, and you can never find it. I do not think that there is any way possibly that I could make the forgiveness and the grace of God sound too good. Some people are like, you know what? If you you talk about forgiveness too much, people are just going to go out and live however they want because forgiveness is so good and grace is so good. If we could begin to grasp the goodness of God's grace, if we could begin to grasp the extent of His forgiveness, that would not be the case at all. It would be the opposite re- response when we'd understand that we truly are forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. It would not produce a carefree, I'll do whatever I want. It would produce a gratitude saying, I'll do whatever you want. Okay? Uh, th- that, that's where it would be. So he ha- is this father then who forgives completely. Okay? Okay? Second thing, still from the same Psalm 103, as the Father showed His compassion to His children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear Him. Listen to this phrase, He knows our frame. He remembers that we are dust. Not only does He forgive completely, but He knows us thoroughly. And again, if I could just get you to think with me for a second, uh, About this whole idea that the one who knows me best loves me most. That the one who knows me from the inside out, uh, knows me completely, still showers me with love. You know, our world becomes more and more, no, less and less personal all the time. Most of the people that I have contact with know me by the last four digits of my social security number you know, on the phone. I was going to ask this question. I don't don't know. I'm just kind of curious at our crowd here today. Is there anybody in this room that you have never once in your life ordered anything from Amazon? Anybody? Oh, we got one. We got to give her a round of applause. I don't know how you did. Uh, That's good. Okay, (laughs) that's all right. Well, you're not responsible for what he does, Uh, but uh, I I just think it's funny because I'm an old school guy, you know, and I'm kind of like I don't I want to go to brick and mortar. I don't want to order Amazon, but it is so easy. <laughs> It is so nice, and they have the things that the store doesn't have, and you think it's coming the next day. you know, So I'm ordering from Amazon and, and doing all these things, but I think you know, more and more our world is just eliminating any type of personal touch, and less and less we actually get to know people. And like I said, most people, all they're interested in is the last four digits of my social and my birthday. That's all they want to know, and I never get a present from them. Uh, so I don't know why they want to know my birthday, but if you think about that whole idea of that this is the God who knows us, inside out. Read Psalm 139 also that talks about that idea that he knows me and yet he loves me more than anything. And as you think for a moment, there's a story in Luke chapter 15 that we call the story of the prodigal son. Maybe take a moment and read that story, Luke 15, but instead of focusing on the son, focus on the father. And watch this father as he runs to embrace his child. Uh, Running at a time when that would have been embarrassing. In fact, it would have been disgraceful for a man to run in that culture, but he doesn't care because he's running to embrace his son who's coming back and as you, you just think about that whole idea of that closeness that we're talking about think of that picture of our father okay I want to give you one more from this passage in Psalm 103 um, not only does he forgive completely and know us thoroughly as for man his days are like the grass it flourishes like the flower of the field for the wind passes over it and it is gone his place uh, in his place knows it no more But the steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear Him and His righteousness to children's children. Not only is His forgiveness complete, His knowledge thorough, but His love is endless. We crave an endless love. We write about it. Whitney Houston right? I, w- I will not try. Uh, that would be just flat-out painful, uh, but, uh, you know, she sang about en- endless love. There's a, there's a country song, too. Uh, I'm going to love you forever, forever, and ever. Amen. Sorry, I was going to look up who wrote them. Uh, thank you. Uh, <laughs> now, which book of the Bible? Silence. Uh, who wrote this? Randy Travis. Uh, we're all over that one. Um uh, <laughs> it's a spiritual group. Okay. Uh, on, how about the oldie song, Until the Twelfth of Never? And that's a long, long time. Anybody with me on that one? Until the twelfth of never. And that's all. Okay. We like this idea of endless love. I'm sure Taylor Swift has a song about it, or at least how she doesn't have it because somebody broke up with her. Uh, because I'm sure that's in there somewhere. And we are infatuated with this idea of a love that never ends, that doesn't even end in death. Isn't that amazing? That we can know, truly know, that we are loved. Now, I'm going to wrap up a little differently just because this is the week before Thanksgiving. I want to kind of tie this together with the idea of giving thanks. Um, I have mentioned before, I don't know that there is any healthier spiritual exercise that I could recommend to you than stopping and thanking the Lord for a while, especially in the midst of trials. Especially in the midst of trials, just stopping and saying thank you, just stopping and and praising his name. You know, we sing those words and we do that sometimes. And and what I have been trying to do, even as we go through these uh, different names of God, again, is get you to know them, not head knowledge, but get you to uh, more than anything like that, just kind of tie into that idea that this is my, today we talk about our everlasting Father that that's who Jesus is. He is that perfect parent to me in my life. Maybe I didn't have one before. Maybe I don't know how to be one now, but He is that perfect parent in my life and kind of tie into that. So I want to show you a brief video, and then I'm going to ask you to, if you'd join me in doing something this week. wanted to stop everything and take the time today to let you know how very thankful I am that you've been there for me As I said a c- couple minutes ago, if there is an exercise that I could give you, you know, if you go to your therapist or whatever, physical therapist, hey, here's an exercise, this will really help. If there's an exercise I could give you for your spiritual health, it would be, uh, at least based on my experience, it would be to, from time to time, and especially when you are low, uh, may, maybe it's daily, but you take some time and say, thank you, Lord. I think it is a wise thing also to write it out. Now, different people, you know, have a different relationship with God, so maybe this isn't exactly what you would think you would do. But in a couple of moments, you don't need to do anything now. Um, Adam and, and, actually, Adam and Hannah and uh, uh, temper, <laughs> patience, if you would come up here uh, and get ready. We're going to sing Yes, I Will again. <laughs> she is one of the fruits of the Spirit. I know that. Uh, <laughs> Uh, not that time. Uh, but, uh, but anyway, as they get ready, we're going to sing again. And as they do, underneath the each each row there's a stack of papers. And they're as simple as could be. It just says, dear God, right now, I don't want to ask for anything. I just want to offer thanksgiving. And then two sections for who you are. And maybe that'd be a great place to say, hey, maybe one of these names that we've talked about with God, one of the things has really hit home. God, I, I'm so thankful that uh, I, ne- I never felt like I could make my parents happy, and I still struggle with that. You know, so I'm, I'm talking for somebody else, might have passed away. Uh, but, uh, but I still struggle with, with that. And, uh, but God, I know you rejoice over me. You sing over me. This is awesome. You know, maybe there's something that fits in there, just by one of his names and what that has meant to you. And then at the bottom, it says, for the gifts that you've given. Okay? Just thankful for my house. Thankful for my car, for my porch swing. For electricity, uh, that many of you were out. My, my, uh, I'm thankful my son-in-law left a snowblower with me because he couldn't move it to his house. You know, different things like that. But I want to encourage you to take this with you and take some time this week. Maybe it's Thursday morning. You know, now maybe that, that that's not going to work. Uh, but uh, and really take some time just to write write God a little letter. Okay. Now, if you're not a letter writer, if that that's no way that's going to happen, then maybe you need to. Find a song about singing thank you to God. Maybe you need to, and listen to it. You probably wouldn't sing it if you're not a letter writer. Uh, and Or maybe you just want to stop and pray and, and just go through for, for a few moments uh, some of the things for which you're thankful. I don't know that I can encourage you to do anything else that would help us more. You've been listening to Pastor Dan Thomas of Community Church in Edwardsburg. For more information about the church, you can visit our website, edwardsburg.church. You may also contact the church via email info at or call us at 269-663-2648. Thank you for listening.